0: Today. We're starting a brand new series today, everybody. I'm so excited about it. It's called Christmas Play- uh, Playlist, and it's actually about the Christmas songs that you're going to be listening to this season and the meaning behind them. And so I want to, uh, to I think you're going to enjoy this series. I, I've enjoyed it uh, beginning to study, and, and today I think you're going to find that interesting. I want to tell you the first song that I want to talk to you about is called Oh Holy Night. Give you a little background about that song. It was written in the mid-1800s. There was a Catholic priest that came to a a poet, a guy that was a a French poet named Placide Capleau, and actually what he went to do is to ask him about writing a poem to Luke chapter 1, which is a Christmas story. He said, I want you to write a poem to that. And what was so interesting was, is that Placide was not a Christian. And so, uh, but he proceeded on, he was a great poet, and he wrote the poem, which we, now we know as O Holy Night. Once he had finished that poem, he looked at it and said, man, this is good. So he got one of his friends again who was not a Christian and said, hey, can you put some music to this? And so he put the music to it, and all of a sudden we have this beautiful song, O Holy Night. And it spread like wildfire through the Catholic Church. It was amazing. And then years later, they realized that it was written by sinner people. And so they tried to stop the song, but it was too late. It exploded by then. It was a wonderful song. God, it's amazing. God can use anybody. Amen? Amen. He can use anybody. Amen. I read one time in the Bible where he used a donkey. I said, okay, yeah. I'm qualified. I got qualified. <laughs> yes. And, and some of you just got that. That's right. Uh, but what I want you to know is that what's interesting about this song as well is that in 1906, The very first broadcast of any radio station by a guy by the name of Reginald Fessenden. He was a a Canadian, and he was an inventor, and he pulled a generator out of his garage, had a little transmitter, and and the first AM station was ever born. It was born right then, out of his garage. The first words to ever go across the airways was Luke 2 and 1. The story of Jesus. Matter of fact, the birth of Jesus. And I'll just read the first verse of that, just so you know what I'm talking about. It says, And it came to pass in those days that they went out a decree from, uh, from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And he went on, and he began to read the Christmas story. The first words ever to go over the airways were the story of Jesus' birth. Amen? Isn't that awesome? It was on Christmas Eve, by the way. Christmas Eve. Then, after, as soon as he read those verses... That verse on Christmas Eve, he pulled out his violin and he began to play the song, Oh Holy Night, mm. Oh Holy Night. You may not be familiar with the words because I, I, you know, like I know some lines of the song, but I don't know it all. So I want to share the, the song with you, Oh Holy Night. It's going to be up here. You ready? And now listen, hang with me. I'm not good at singing, okay? So just hang with, I'm not singing. <laughs> no, no, no. Somebody got nervous. They go, Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll save that for later. Yes. Look, it says, "O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world sin and error pining, till appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope and the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel's voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born." O night, O holy night, O night divine. Okay, so now maybe you're a little bit more familiar with that. You see, the Christmas season is very emotional for a lot of us. I don't know how you feel, but when I begin to see like the manger scene and all of that, it begins to move me. You know, the, uh, Rhonda and I have a manger scene in our in our living room that she sets out every year at Christmas time that someone gave us. It uh, was made of olive wood, and it came from Israel. And the person that gave us to that is no longer with us. And, and so when I see that every year, it reminds me of them and, and their love. But it also reminds me of the love of God, that how he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to this world to be born in, 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 a, in a stinky manger. I mean, you don't understand. Listen, you don't get that. Like, it's so cute now, right? I mean, that wood carving's so cute. But let me tell you something. He was born in a stable. That means that there was feces of animals everywhere. It smelled the most unsterile environment that you could have. That's where Jesus was born. You know, when I think about this story, I try to like, you know, what did Joseph feel? And I don't understand everything that Joseph felt. How many of you ladies around here, how many of you ladies in this room have ever had a child? You had a baby. Let me see your hands. All right. Okay. Can you imagine what it's like would be like to ride on the back of a donkey for 90 miles? 90 miles, nine months pregnant. Okay, yeah, you went. Oh no, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being Joseph trying to lead that donkey and take Mary for 90 miles. <laughs> I can imagine that because I want to tell you, you know, when our first child was born, Tyler was born, uh, we lived 60 miles, approximately 60 miles from the hospital. We lived in very a very rural. A town in Northeast, Georgia, uh, called Toccoa, Georgia, and, and the hospital that we was going to use was in Athens, Georgia, and it was like 60 miles, and you know, I don't know why, but you know, it seems like the labor pains for Ron to always come at night, and so like it was at night, and you know, she'd been hurting throughout the day, but she thought, you know, there's nothing to it, but all of a sudden, as night dawned, you know, as night come on, all of a sudden, she started hurting more, and so I was like, you know, is this it? She said, I don't know. It might be it. And then she said, oh, again, I said, this is it. <laughs> and so, you know, we called the doctor. and said, we don't know until you get here. You got to get here. So we got in the car. We started driving. And it was old country back roads. It was night. And, you know, I mean, ladies, you know, when those pains start hurting, you start moaning, right? And let me tell you something. The more she expressed the moan, the more I depressed the accelerator. Because <laughs> I was thinking the same thing Joseph was thinking. Like when Mary on the back of that donkey, I'm telling you, the more she moaned, the faster that donkey got. And that's the way it was with me and that little car, that little four-cylinder. I mean, the more she moaned, the faster it moaned because I was putting my foot into it. And I, re- I know, like I was, I, I was thinking the same thing Joseph was thinking. I'm not delivering that baby here. I am not on these country roads. Old. I'm not delivering that baby here. And Joseph was thinking the same thing. I'm not delivering that baby here. He, he got her there. And so it just begins to bring up all these kinds of emotions. But what I want you to focus on, on this song that we want to lean into this time of the year, especially this time of the year where we are, is this line that's coming up on the screen. Look, would you say this with me? Let's read it. You ready? to Come on, this is a line. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Hallelujah. Would you agree with me that we're living in a time that the world is weary? Would you agree that you may be facing something right now? You say, Pastor Jeff, my world's weary. We're living in a weary world right now. I mean, with all this going on, all the uncertainty that's around us, the world is in chaos right now. And if there's ever been a time that all holy night was appropriate, it's right now that we have a weary world and and, and that it's going crazy with the pandemic and everything that's happening. The world is weary. And so I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about a new day with Christ, what a new day with Christ brings. Before I go into that, I want to share with you uh, Lamentations. Now, Lamentations is not a book that we read out of a lot in the Bible because it's, it's, it's Lamentations. He's lamenting There's the prophet by the name of Jeremiah, who's complaining pretty much, God, why have you forsaken us? Why have you left us? Why is this happening? Because Jerusalem has fallen. I mean, it's like uh, the people of Israel are in bad shape, you know, the Jewish people are in a bad state, and and he's just weeping, and and he's he's lamenting, and right now, that's the way our world feels, doesn't it? God, where are you? Why is this happening to us? Matter of fact, we could write our own lamentation right now, right? Okay, there's a few of us that could do that, but we could do that because it hurts what's going on, and so Jeremiah, he's writing, and he's saying, God, why? Why is all of this happening? But in the middle of that, all of a sudden, he has a revelation. So I want to talk to you about that. So let me give you the first thing. A new day with Christ brings, number one, hope to keep going. Let me say that again. A new day with Christ brings hope to keep going. Amen, Amen, anybody? Amen. Amen. It begins to bring hope. And again, as I share this with you, I want you to know they say this. I've heard this many times, that a person could live 40 days without food. Now, being that we just completed Thanksgiving, you know, and, and, and I gobbled until I wobbled. Let me say that again. Nobody caught that. I gobbled until I wobbled. All right. Yeah, somebody could laugh at that. That was funny. It was funny even in the first service, you know, and they usually don't laugh at anything. So you got me nervous right now. Yeah. So, you know, 40 days, with, you can go 40 days without food. They say that you can go seven days without water. And they say that you can go four minutes without any air. But you know what? You can't go a moment without hope. Come on. Amen. You have to have hope to live. And today we want to begin to look into hope again. And begin to, that, that a new day with Jesus brings hope yes. for our lives. Yes. And the question I have is this. Is What, do you put, what have you put your hope in? Yeah, let me tell you something. Somebody said, well, I'm putting my hope in that new girlfriend or boyfriend. Listen, let me tell you something. Don't put your hope in them. You know, I, mean, I want you to have a good relationship, and I want you to get married and all that stuff. I, that's great. But, but if your hope is in a person, they're going to let you down. I mean, listen, I love you, and, and I don't want to ever let you down. But I'm telling you, you hang around me long enough, you go, oh, man, that joke will let me down. That's right. Ask Rhonda. No, don't ask her. I <laughs> and listen if I hang around you long enough I'm sure they'll be like well you know what I don't know about that yeah. and so I'm just saying that we're human beings we let each other down maybe you put your hope in the economy maybe you put your hope in it you know maybe you're putting your hope in this new vaccine that's coming out I don't know we all hope that it works but let me tell you something God's going to be God no matter whether it does amen. or not amen. amen God's got all this in his hands right he hallelujah he does Look what the Bible says in Lamentations. Amen. Lamentations says this, 3 and 20, Jeremiah writes, I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Now, here's where, he, you know, he feels it weary, that weary world. He says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope, because the Lord's what? Of the Lord's what? Great, Great love. We are not consumed. <laughs> For his compassion's what? They never, never fail. They never fail. They are new when? Yeah. Every morning. Hear the song in that? That brings that new day dawning. That new morning is going to dawn. And he goes on, great is your what? Faithful. Great is your faithfulness. The problem that we have that, that destroys our hope is that when we try to do, when we try to hold on to, thing, to the things of this world, you know, we try to hold on. We think, well, this new relationship's going to make me happy. Yes. This new job's going to make me happy. Yes. Or, you know, this new boyfriend or girlfriend is going to make me happy. Or this new career is going to make me happy. And we think everything else is going to get us through. But let me just tell you something. The only hope that you have is to hold on to God. And the problem is, the problem is this, is that we understand that you say, oh, yeah, Jeff, I got that. I'm going to hold on to God. But the problem that we all have is we try to hold on to everything else as well. And when you try to hold on to fear and anxiety and you try to hold on to all the what-ifs of life and you try to hold on to God, all of a sudden you're ripped apart, my friend. This is called stressed out right here. And that's what we're trying to do. We try to hold on to God. We try to hold on to the world and we're pulled apart. I want to challenge you today in the name of Jesus Christ that a new day can break and a new morning can come is that you let go of that and you hold on to God with both hands. Hold on to God. Hold on to God. Good. You know, life is all about learning to let go of the world. That's why, that's why the old hymn says, you know, it says, you know, the things of this world begin to grow strangely dim in the light and the glory of His face and grace. Amen? Good. The longer that you live, that's what life is all about. is learning to let go of the world to let go. And when you're embracing God, and listen, I've been with many people that have left this world, and I can tell you, I've been with the ones that's tried to hold on to the world, and, and watching them leave this world is horrible. They fight, and they're, they're going crazy. But those that, are, that have learned to let go, and they've embraced God, it's the most peaceful moment you've ever seen in your life. When I was uh, When I was going to counseling, I remember the counselor looking at me. My kids were smaller, and and now we, we was talking about that. He said, Jeff, you're, you're trying to hold on to your kids too much. He said, you're trying to be that overbearing parent. He said, you are being that. He said, listen, when your kids get to be about 11, 12 years old, said, you've held on to them to them, but it's tar- time to start opening up your hand and beginning to let them go. And he said, Jeff, if you don't ever let your children go, they can never come back. Come on. Hey, man, that's good. I want to tell you something. That's the word for some parents. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Some of you have been holding on. you got to let go. <laughs> the Father today wants you to let go. That you can receive the hope in your life through Jesus Christ. So my question to you is this. What are you holding on to? Is it a sin? Is it a person? Is it a worry? Is it a fear? Is it an anxiety? What are you holding on to? Because whatever you're holding on to is tearing you from the hand of God. And so why don't you let go and reach up with the other hand and hold to the Father? Amen? Amen. 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 A new day with Christ brings number two. Number two, he brings you exactly what you need. Not just hope to keep going, but exactly what you need. Look at what Lamentations says I say to who? Myself. I say to who? Myself. I say to who? You know, what you say to yourself is more important than what you say to anybody else. And what anybody else says to you, I say to myself, the Lord is my what? The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. I want you to know that he says, I say to myself, when you're in a weary world, when you're having a weary world experience, what you say to yourself matters more than anything else because you believe you over anybody else, I can tell you you're going to make it, it's going to be all right, but if you constantly telling yourself, I'm never going to make it, it's never going to get better, Amen. guess what? You're going to be depressed. Amen. You're going to be down no matter what anybody else says until you begin to start talking to yourself correctly, then, listen, by the way, would you quit talking to my friend the way you're talking to my friend? Amen. Yes. I'm good. I was on the golf course with one of my friends uh, one time, a couple, matter of fact, a couple of months ago, and uh, he was a, a neighbor. And, man, he just said, he would call his name out and say, you're so stupid. How, you're a stupid man with a shot like that. Finally, I said, listen, would you please stop talking to my friend like that? I don't like people talking to my friend the way you're talking to my friend. He got the message because he could never get better if he kept telling himself how stupid he was. His game got better after he quit telling himself how bad it was. And some of you, your life is not going to get better until you stop telling yourself how bad it is. Come on. And you got to start telling yourself how good God is. Amen? Tell yourself. See, what you tell yourself matters. It matters. It matters. You can never, you will never go above your thinking. Your mood will never be greater than your thinking. Your joy will never be greater than your thinking. What you think matters and what you say to yourself because what you say to yourself can save yourself at times. It'll keep you from doing some stupid things if you'll listen to yourself say the right things. Like this week, Rhonda We went to, she needed to get some things. We were doing some things with our staff, and she wanted to go to Dollar Tree and get some stuff. She said, Jeff, listen, why don't we just go go to Dollar Tree? Why don't you go to Dollar Tree with me? And so, listen, ladies, I just want you to cue in. Men, when you ask we men to do something, we start calculating. We start saying, okay, it's going to take me this long to go to the store. I'm going to be in that store for this amount of time. Then we're going to leave the store, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be back at home. I'm going to be able to eat my 100-calorie popcorn right there on the sofa. It'll be at this time I'm there. So I calculated all that in my mind as how long it was going to take, and we'd go. And so we, I said, sure. She said, we're just going to go, to go to the Dollar Tree. I said, all right. So we went to Dollar Tree. Sure enough, the time we got there was what I calculated. We got inside the store. You know, I said, well, I will help her so we can ex- expedite this thing. So I can help her get the things. We got them in the buggy. I mean, I conquered. I was ahead of time in my mind. And so right when we get ready to walk out the door, she says, uh, I need to go to Walmart. Oh, oh my God. Oh. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. You said we're going there and back. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Guys, are you feeling me? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, I just want to tell it. you, it's a real thing. Yeah. I said, Damn. oh, Jesus. And I want you to know, my, my mind started. All of a sudden, I started saying, well, how dare you do that? Yes. Let me tell you something. I ain't going to no Walmart. You said, come here. See, I didn't say it out loud. My mind started yeah. saying that. Yeah. But all of a sudden, thank God, my mind changed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, said, now, Jeff do you want a holy night? <laughs> I said, we'll go to Walmart. <laughs> Maybe you've been there. What you say to yourself matters. Then he said, the Lord is my portion. Now, what in the world does that mean? I don't know. I, you know, I've heard pastors say, the Lord is my portion. Now, I've said, amen. What in the world, I amen, I don't know. The Lord is my portion is this. He said it is believed, and I believe, and and many theologians believe that when the children of God, you know, had come across the Red Sea with Moses and how God parted the waters and they got on the other side and they didn't have anything to eat and, and God said, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to rain down manna from heaven. And just like there was a frost on the ground this morning, every morning they got up and it looked like a frost on the ground, but it was it was little bread wafers. It was called manna and God gave it to sustain them. And, and listen, they couldn't, if they, if they stored it up, it would have worms in it the next day. They couldn't stare it, store it up. They just had to get enough for their daily... What they needed that day. And and Jesus picked this uh, picked up on up on this in the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus said, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, the perfect prayer, He said, you know, Father, give us this day our daily bread, our portion for today. Give me what I need today. And that's what He's saying here. The Lord is my portion. He is what I need today. And because He's what I need today, He'll be what I need tomorrow. Amen? Hallelujah. The Lord is our portion. I'll wait on Him. He goes on and says... He says, I'll wait, I'll wait, I will wait for him. How do you wait for the Lord? When you're having a weary world, how do you wait? Because many of us are having to wait right now. You know what my dad always told me, he said, son, I want to tell you something. God is never on your time, he's always on time. He says, he's an on time, God, son, he's on time. He's never on your time, but he's always on time. He's an on time, God, and we wait, we wait in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but it seems like he said, you know, this weary world, it seems like he's riding and looking at the night, you know, but he says, you know, that new day, that new morn is going to dawn, that new day is going to break, that new morning is going to come. I don't know about you, but nighttime seems like, man, when you don't feel good, it just seems like you start feeling worse at night. Like with our children, I mean, like, they would be running around during the day. They'd been sick, you know, and all of a sudden you think, okay, they're over it now because they're running around at daytime. But you let the sun go down, and it just seemed like, moms, you know what I'm talking about. You seem like when the sun goes down, that fever goes up, right? And you're like, oh, my, they get, like, lethargic, like, what's going on? It's amazing how that when you're sick, it seems like the night lasts forever, doesn't it? But there's something when that sun comes up. More crimes are done at night than any other time. It seems like that night, there's this darkness that comes. It just brings out the worst in us. And you may be going through a weary world experience right now. You may feel like you're in the longest night of your life, and you're looking for something to break. I just want to tell you, hang in there. You hang in there. Why? Because I want you to know the sun is going to come again. I want you to know the S-O-N is going to come to your aid. Amen. And one day you're going to see the S-U-N again. And you're going to see that God is greater than the problem that you're going through. The weary world rejoice, Amen. A thrill of hope because the weary world rejoices. How can the weary world rejoice? Because we believe that the Savior has been born. No matter what we're going through, it's temporary. Right? Because we know that a, a Day is going to break. A new and glorious morn is going to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe that. That's our hope. We are Christian people. We believe in God. And we have faith that gets us through what we're going through. Look at the words with me again. Look at them. Let's say them again. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. A new and glorious morning is on the horizon. It's going to break. John 10 and 10 says this. It says, the thief, the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus doesn't just save you for heaven. He saves you in this world too. Let me tell you something. Jesus has made my life better. Anybody else in this room, he's made your life better. Made your life better. That's why at SEC, we give people an opportunity for a better life through Jesus Christ amen. because your life here on earth can get better. Amen. You don't have to wait till heaven come before you get better. No, you can get better now with oh, Jesus amen. Christ. Amen? A weary world of choices. Number three, I would share the third thing with you is this. is that a new day with Christ brings the help you are seeking. Lamentations, again, amen. he says this. Lamentations 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Yes. It is good to wait quietly. Listen, I don't know if you struggle like me, but I'm impatient. Amen. I don't want to wait. I don't like to wait. Amen. I thought that as I got older, that I would get more patient. I thought that. I thought that, you know, maybe more life experience would bring more patience in my life. It hasn't worked that way. I am less patient today than I think that was when I was 20 years old. I don't know why. I'm like, man, I'm just impatient. And so waiting is difficult. But I think the poet, God used the poet to write this, again, this phrase. We're going to read it one more time because I don't want you to forget it. Let's read this phrase together because it says, if you'll just wait that the morning's going to come. Let's read it. You ready? A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. A new and glorious morn. That's what's going to break for the weary world. That's good. Oh, holy night. You've got, when you hear that song, you've got to stop. Maybe you want to put it on your playlist and know that a new day is going to break and that God's going to do what he said that he would do. It's amazing what a difference with Jesus, a day with Jesus makes. When I reflect on the Christmas story, I, there's something that, that begins to move inside of me because I begin to think about the shepherds. Picture this with me. They're out in the fields with their sheep. That's where they live is in the fields with their sheep. Why? Why don't they come into the community? Because nobody will let them in. Amen. Because they stink. They smell like sheep. Nobody <laughs> likes them. I mean, when you said you were the shepherd, they're like, oh, get away from me. I mean, they were considered the nobodies of their day, the worst of the worst. As far as, like, the class of people, they were at the bottom rung. And so they stayed out in the fields. But what's amazing to me is how that when God got ready to announce the birth of his child, (laughs) the Savior of the world, who did he come to first? The shepherds. Remember how they they were just chilling out around their little campfire. They got ready to just maybe lay back for the night and go to sleep. And, you know, the sheep were out in the field. They could hear them out there. Everything's good. They said, all right, all right, Bubba, I'm going to sleep. All right, Bubba, I'm going to sleep. See you in the morning. And all of a sudden, the skies opened up. And an angel began to appear to them and declare that a Savior was born. And it freaked them out. It would have freaked you out too, right? I mean, all of a sudden, an angel standing right right there. You think, man, am I dreaming? You look over and say, Bubba, are you dreaming? You see that? I see that. You see that? And then all of a sudden, the angel begins to declare. You picture with me there in that dark sky about the Savior. And then then a heavenly choir appears. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Like, what is going on? But God went to those that were considered nobody. And that night, guess what? They found out that a new day, a new break, a new morn was coming. And in the morning, when they made their way to where the Savior was, they went to that stable, and they found him. And they, when they bowed down to him, and when they come into the presence of Jesus, guess what? All of a sudden, those people were then made to feel like nobody's all their life. All of a sudden, they were made to feel like somebody. Because <laughs> they got in the presence of Jesus. Amen? Oh, yeah. Amen? Then the wise men. Can you picture this with me? The wise men, they're on their camels, all right? They got their little beamer coming out, you know, got their stylus. I mean, it was a model of the day. I mean, it was like the model of the day. It was the top of the line camel. That's right. That's it, baby. Top of the line. Had cruise control. <laughs> I mean, they're decked out. They got all this stuff on their camel, this big, all their, all their treasures and so forth. You see, they were, they were wealthy people. They had it all. They had prestige. They had power. They had it all. And so here they're looking for for the Savior. They're they're following the star. They don't know really what they're looking for. And finally, when they get to Bethlehem, and they finally go in and, and they see Jesus. When they see Jesus, they had everything. They had everything the world could give. There was nothing that the world could give that they didn't already have. But when they got in the presence of Jesus, they realized this. They took their stuff. They said, oh, my God, he's the Savior of the world. They took all their things and they laid them at his feet. Why? Because they realized they had, they thought they had everything. But they realized that without him, they had nothing nothing without I'm nothing without Jesus and you're nothing without Jesus we got to have Jesus, amen. amen it's a day with Jesus it changed the wise men it changed the shepherds amen. I was 15 years old I had moved in with my father when I was 14 he went to church every week Sunday morning, Sunday night you gotta go to church I didn't want to go. Yeah. I didn't like going to church. Man. I would sit on the back row and do everything I could but listen to that man talk. And I remember on that July day, we went to church. I'd sit in the back row, I made little spitballs, and threw them in the lady that had the big hair. I threw them in her hair. Yeah. Do not try that in this church. <laughs> I got home, and on the way home, my dad announced that we would be going back to church tonight, Sunday night. I said, Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Went to my grandmother's right there. She lived close to my dad, and we had our Sunday meal. And I remember you thinking, oh, sh- I don't want to go back to church. Yeah. But something happened from the time I left my grandmother's kitchen walked out. She had this big shade tree. I remember walking out with my brothers and sisters. We were going to do some kind of game. And somewhere between my grandmother's kitchen and that shade tree, the Holy Spirit of God got me. Amen. Amen. And he said, today's your day. Tonight when you go back, you're going to give your life to me. And I thought, Who, I'm, like, I'm like the shepherds. Tonight, night when you go back to give your life to me. I was fretting going back, and I tried everything I could not to go back to church, but nothing would get my dad. No, you're going, boy, you're going tonight. Yes. And I remember sitting on that same back row, but that night I couldn't throw a spitball, couldn't do anything. All I could do is wait with that preacher, hurry up and shut up so I can do what I'm supposed to do. And when he finally stopped and he finally said, would anybody like to give their life to Jesus tonight? I remember, I remember the struggle like should I or shouldn't I? And finally I just something in me made me say, it's your time. And I stood up. And I walked. It seemed like 18 miles down an aisle. And there I fell on my knees. And this was my prayer. I wasn't as spiritual as many other people. I said, God, I don't know anything about you. But Jesus, if you can change me, you can have me. But I need you to change me. That's where I fell on my knees. That day with Jesus altered my life because I felt just like the shepherds as a nobody. But God always takes nobodies and he turns them into somebody amen you're here today you're watching you're here you're here and you're watching you're saying you know what I feel like a nobody you're at the right place because we want you to know that there's a new morning that's coming amen there's a new day maybe you've been in the weary world but I'm telling you one and one one encounter with Jesus can change. Everything. That's what the that's what the man was writing about. Oh holy night. The stars are brightly shining. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Today, if you're in this room. And you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Like I, like I was me. I went to church. Going to church doesn't make you saved, friend. Come on. It gives you an opportunity to step into what you may not know as a saving power of Jesus Christ. Those of you that are watching in your home right now, I want to challenge you as well. Right now, everybody in this room, I just want to challenge you. Would you just bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, right now we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus. And we ask you, Father, that you would reach down right now, God, and you would save us. You would save us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, I would do nothing to embarrass you. If there's somebody in this room right now You say, Pastor Jeff, that's me. I don't want you to just clip up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything. I just want to just know that I see you and that God sees you. Right now, I want to ask Jesus into my life. All in this room, I'm looking. Yes. I'm looking across the room. Yes. Anybody else? I see the hand. Yes, I see that hand. You can just put it right back down. Anybody else? People are receiving Jesus all over this room right now. And yes, I see. You can put your hand right back down. I see you over there. on my left. I got you. Anybody else right now? I want to receive Jesus. Yes, you can put your hand right back down. I see that, sweetheart. Anybody else right now? Those of you that are online right now, it's you too. Anybody else in this room? It's been about ten people already. Let's pray. Those of you that raise your hand, everybody else, let's pray. This, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. And forgive me my sins. I thank you for the new life I have in you. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand, everybody? Hallelujah. 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 Listen. Let me just say this. If you, if you prayed that prayer with me, if you raised your hand, or if maybe you didn't raise your hand, if you're online, please, you can text that number online if you let us know. Just check your card. There's a connection card that you have. Check the box that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower day that we can just pray with you. I just want to pray with you. I don't want to do anything else, but just pray with you and help you on your journey. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. 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 He's good. Hallelujah. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.